about 40 ground crew workers for Evergreen Airline Services on Monday took leave to continue their volunteer protest over poor year-end bonuses. The protest started on Sunday after workers found their one-month bonus was far below that of other companies in the Evergreen Group, such as a three-month bonus at Eva Airways and a 45-month bonus at Evergreen Marine. The Transport Ministry says it has communicated with Evergreen Group, urging it to reassess the ways it hands out bonuses across its subsidiaries. A long line of passengers stretches from EVAS check-in counts at Taoyuan International Airport. Many people have come well ahead of the departure time amid concerns that their flights could be affected by the protest. I heard that there could be some delays, but I didn't know what the actual situation would be like. There was a bit of a delay, but they informed us of the schedule change well in advance. One group of travelers had checked in for their flight, but were left waiting in the terminal. Their luggage was slow to be loaded on the plane amid a shortage of luggage handlers. According to Evergreen Airline Services, about 151 or 30 percent of ground crew employees took the day off on Sunday. That fell to just 40 on Monday, or about 10 percent. The lack of labor resulted in delays of one to two hours on Monday, in contrast with three-hour delays on Sunday. It's frustrating, but I think that we should also put ourselves in their shoes. Transport Minister Wang Guocai has called an Evergreen Group to offer bigger bonuses to ground crew so that the issue can be resolved soon. Today I got in touch with the head of the Civil Aeronautics Administration. We've been in contact with the EVA Air Chair Steve Lin, saying that he should bring the figure up. They shouldn't let Evergreen Airlines services staff go without money throughout the Lunar New Year. I think Evergreen Group should take care of the employees and its subsidiaries. I expressed our point of view and he understood our position. To limit impact to passengers, EVA Air has rescheduled flights so that they are not so concentrated at certain times of the day. Ground crew members say the protests will continue until the company offers a solution. Taiwan reported 16,524 local COVID cases on Monday, a significantly lower figure than previous days. A health expert says the low number was caused by low reporting over the weekend. He says that a fresh COVID wave is soon to sweep Taiwan after the Lunar New Year. Let's hear from him now. From Christmas through New Year's, you get in contact with big crowds. So there will be some infections. That's no surprise. Arrivals from across the strait or from other countries could give rise to a new COVID wave, which could reach a higher point after the Lunar New Year. Testing upon arrival became mandatory on Sunday for arrivals traveling in from China. The CECC says that of the 524 travelers that landed on Sunday, 146 tested positive for COVID. That's about one in four. Samples will be sent in for genetic sequencing, with results expected as soon as Friday. The new year has just started, but analysts say it will be a tough year ahead for the tech industry. They say TSMC will need to work harder to keep talented engineers in Taiwan, particularly as competition among chip suppliers heats up. Let's hear what one analyst has to say on the matter. Taiwan. 
In its final triumph of 2022, TSMC held the opening ceremony for its new 3-nanometer plant in Tainan. Company chair Mark Liu said the move was part of plans for greater investment in Taiwan, where the company would maintain its lead tech position. However, a Financial Times report published December 30th said TSMC CEO CC Wei cannot afford to relax after a record year. The report says that during Wei's four years as CEO, the company broke performance records and stocks soared. But 2023 is set to be a tough year, which will require bold New Year's resolutions. Geopolitics is still a major challenge for TSMC. The company's U.S. plant may surpass its Taiwan plants in research. Don't assume that's impossible. That is something that may happen. And even if it does, keeping the advanced manufacturing process in Taiwan will break it. The Financial Times report suggested that Samsung and Intel will also invest heavily in 2-nanometer chips. TSMC has only just started mass-producing 3-nanometer chips, while Samsung started shipping 3-nanometer chips in July. There is no brand loyalty in the industry, and whoever can make the most advanced chips will come out on top, the report said. Also, China is actively poaching talent, and the possibility of TSMC losing its talented engineers cannot be ruled out. TSMC only has 7,500 research and development engineers, and 500 of those were relocated to the U.S. plant. They move 7% of their advanced R&D engineers, and this is only the first phase. As manufacturing moves forward, the pace of relocating engineers will increase. Honghai Chair Yang Liu on New Year sent a letter to Foxconn employees in China, telling them to stay united during stormy days. The company's plant in China's Zhengzhou has been facing challenges, but annual growth over the past 11 months still reached 13.5%. The company is expecting a challenging 2023, but will make it through if everyone stays focused on the path forward, he said. Tech companies expect stormy days ahead for 2023, but how well they get through it will be a test of their management. Taking out the trash is a special ritual in Taiwan, and now in New Taipei, it's even more exciting. The city has launched a new series of trash talk cartoons on its official plastic bags, which can be used for shopping and throwing away garbage. They're also using a renewable materials, so the dual-use bags are even more eco-friendly. And you can order garbage bags with personalized designs. Maybe the trash will always be a chore, but for new Taipei citizens, it's more and more a cultural phenomenon. A strong black and white contrast. I dump my ex. I wish I was garbage. These trash talk slogans and cartoons have sent the popularity of these garbage bags soaring. The limited edition trash talk series is accompanied by other promotional products designed by official agencies, featuring the unique products of different regions and official messages. There's even a design promoting electronic receipts. The new Taipei Environmental Protection Department produces dual-purpose plastic bags, and now it's time to ring the changes again. This time the bag is made of renewable materials, and you can see how thick and strong it is. In late 2013, we actually decided to get creative in New Taipei government to combine the shopping bags and garbage bags, so we launched the eco-friendly dual-purpose bags as they're known, the first in Taiwan. Producing the bags does take some plastic, so we started to think about using renewable materials for the dual-purpose bags. The bags are evolving and it looks like there's plenty of demand for more. Locals are eagerly anticipating a new release of their favourite old designs with the renewable material and the launch of more droll drawings. 
真的很有创意。They're really creative, like throw out your worries. 可以可以多用这种。We can use more of these bags with the pictures. Alongside the limited edition eco-friendly bags produced by official agencies, the Environmental Protection Department is also allowing companies and organisations to order bags with their own personalised designs. Who said that taking out the trash is a chore? Now it's a cultural event. DPP lawmakers say there is a high level of consensus within the party that Vice President Lai Qingde will be the party's pick for the 2024 presidential elections. They say that the party should finalize its nomination process as early as possible to give the candidates more time to prepare a campaign. For now, reports say the DPP will likely be up against two formidable candidates from the Taiwan's People's Party and the KMT, former Mayor Ko Wenzhe. And new Taipei Mayor Hou Youyi. Now, the two sides have been changed from cooperation to peace. You will answer. Vice President Lai Qingde deferred to President Tsai Ing-wen when asked about cross-strait affairs. At this point, he is set to take over as party chair. People in the DPP say there is a high degree of consensus that he will run for president in 2024. I think the biggest consensus is that Vice President Lai Qingde will be the DPP's candidate in the 2024 presidential elections. Everyone recognizes his standing and ability. The DPP is almost settled on the matter, so I think we should finalize this as soon as possible. I think that the party should pick its candidates for president and lawmakers soon so that everyone can get ready to battle. In the previous presidential election, the DPP had originally planned to finalize its nominees in April. But after a contested by-election between Lai and Tsai for the presidential nomination, Tsai's candidacy was not finalized until June 19th. Party members say that speeding up the timetable would mean that the nomination process would start right after the Lunar New Year. Vice President Lai Qingde would be a suitable candidate for president. I think there is a high degree of consensus within the party about this. But Perhaps other people will have other considerations. Perhaps there will be other candidates emerging. DPP acting chair Chen Qimai says another contender could emerge. But whoever ends up getting the nomination will have a tough campaign ahead. Reports say Taiwan People's Party Chair Ko Wenzhe and KMT New Taipei Mayor Hou Youyi are likely options for 2024. Hou Youyi would have to face criticisms of abandoning his city duties to run for president. In any case, being president is very different from being mayor. As the president, you have to deal with a lot of national policies and diplomatic affairs. The DPP lawmakers say 2024 will be a hard battle for the DPP. It's the final six days before the Taipei legislative by-election, and candidates were out in full force Monday. DPP candidate Inaku stumped from a campaign truck while his KMT rival Wang Hongwei spoke on stage about her campaign platform. Meanwhile, Wu yesterday told reporters that his position on relations with China is compatible with that of Vice President Lai Qingde and that he ultimately seeks to promote regional peace. With a week to go before the Taipei by-election, DPP candidate Enoch Wu was out canvassing from a campaign truck. DPP Taipei City Councilor Chen Yijun accompanied Wu for part of the day, and fellow councilor Xu Shuhua joined him later as he took to the streets in the northern part of Songshan District. 
Before boarding the campaign truck, Wu took the campaign online with a live stream. Meanwhile, his KMT rival Wang Hongwei held a more solemn event, speaking to supporters from a stage where she was joined by KMT chair Eric Chu. This great mother and counselor is about to take her place in the legislature, where she will be a great mother and legislator. Wang took the opportunity to speak on her campaign policy, promising to return tax money to residents. The government has reported a tax surplus, and not just over the past two years, so we propose paying money back to the residents. We are very happy by the response to the issue across party lines. I have also called for this in the past. The most effective way to share this money with the public is through cash subsidies. This is also what the public hopes for. Wang has increasingly had the support of top KMT party members, but Wu appears unfazed by this, saying that top DPP members will join him in the coming days. Our acting party chair and our prospective party chair are expected to join me this week. They will canvass together with me. Wu also spoke on his China views and related them to those of Vice President Lai Qingde. My personal stance is to oppose the Chinese Communist Party and promote the protection of Taiwan. The one currently threatening regional safety and impacting the universal value of democracy is the CCP. The goal of opposing the CCP and seeking to protect Taiwan is to maintain peace. This is not at odds with Vice President Lai's stance of promoting peace and the protection of Taiwan. I simply hope to be more precise in my wording, because it isn't the Chinese people I oppose. It's the CCP, which violates democratic values, that I oppose. Wu said that ultimately his stance, like that of Lai, is to promote peace. Every year, Taitung celebrates the Lantern Festival with a bang in a series of parades referred to as the bombing of Master Handan. In it, revelers throw firecrackers at temple troops for good fortune, specifically aiming to hit a person representing the folk deity Handan. After being cancelled for two years due to COVID, the parades are back on with the participation of more than 50 temples. Participants will have to wear a face mask at all times except for eating and drinking. Let's hear from the mayor of Taidong. Police will help out with controls. There will also be staff from the environmental and health departments to help out with this Lantern Festival event. Now in the parade, most of the people throwing firecrackers are from local businesses, who also carry the sedans. We hope that the police and firefighters can tell members of the public to exercise some restraint in throwing the explosives. There are more parades this year than in previous occasions, about 15 parades over the course of three days. The traditional festival was brought to a halt during COVID after 32 years without a hiatus. Locals and visitors alike say they are excited to once again experience this peculiar piece of local culture. A new OECD report sheds light on the importance of washing bedding regularly. It claims that a bed sheet accumulates 5 million microbes in just one week. And not, not washing sheets seems to be linked to various health problems such as allergies, asthma, and even appendicitis. We spoke to doctors and nurses to get the lowdown on taking care of bedding. We asked these folk on the streets how often they change their bed sheets. 
A study from the OECD says that we enjoy an average of 26 years of good sleep over a lifetime. That means we spend one third of our lives asleep. And doctors say not changing sheets often enough can cause health problems. Normally, your skin has more than 5,000 different types of microbes on it. If the sheet isn't very clean, we can get respiratory tract diseases such as allergies, allergic rhinitis, asthma, and so on. International research indicates that 5 million microbes will be living on the bedsheet after one week's use. That's 24,000 times more microbes than you'll find on your bathroom room handle. Not washing bedding enough has been found to correlate with potentially fatal diseases like pneumonia and appendicitis, and to large number of microbes proliferating. Experts say bedsheets should be changed at least once a week. Only get into bed after you shower. If you keep the humidity of the room at around 50%, dust mites won't proliferate as much. They also advise not to dry your blanket out in the sun. Microparticles in the atmosphere will attach to your bedding and get it more dirty than it was before. Blankets made of synthetic materials which are easy to wash are recommended. And now we head to the loquat farms of Tulu in Taitung. It's loquat flowering season right now, and local expert Yang Zhaoxing is hard at work. Loquat shrubs produce lots of buds, too many for them to sustain. So part of the farmer's work is pruning branches at just the right moment. The pruned buds are then used to create a sweet medicinal tea. With a deft hand, Yang Zhaoxin picks several buds of this low-quart branch, leaving just four buds behind. You prune these and these as well. Normally, you leave just about that much. Nearby, this shrub is already flowering and has more blossoms, so more need to be pruned. It's not necessarily because the flowers are growing wrong. Farmers also need to consider how much nutrient value the branch can absorb. If all the flowers bloom, the branch will have at least 30 buds, but the branch can only deliver enough nutrients for eight flowers at most. The cold weather has had an impact on the low-quart farms here in Taidong's Chulu. The blooming season is prolonged, but as the weather has gotten colder, the flowers have one by one started to come out. The farmers thin the flowers out to eventually grow the best possible fruit. The top third and bottom third of buds are picked off. That concentrates the nutrients available on the remaining flowers and also makes the flowers bloom at the same time. That way, the size of the loquat fruit is more even and they're easier to harvest. The quality is better and the harvesting time is even, so you can just cut them all off at once. But the buds that are pruned are not thrown away. They are separated and rinsed clean in net bags before being dried to create loquat tea, which is said to be good for the lungs. It's written in the Great Pharmacopoeia that loquat is a medicinal plant. The virus in this pandemic mainly targeted our lungs. These loquats are also effective for our lungs. Loquat has a subtle, sweet fragrance and a delicious herbal flavor. It's a popular herbal tea. For these farmers, loquat fruit is an important crop. But the pruned buds are also a source of income, a local specialty and a tradition to hand down to the next generation. It's nearly rice harvest season and farmers are hard at work preparing the fields and protecting them from birds. One farmer in Jai has become famous locally for a very unusual scarecrow.
The field in Xingang Township is covered in hundreds of pink and white plastic bags, which rustle in the wind. They scare away would-be scavengers at the same time as attracting tourists who enjoy the unusual sight. A sea of what looks like pink balloons flutters in the wind. It's a beautiful spot for a selfie in the gentle southern sunlight. <laughs> Originally put up to scare birds away, these plastic bags make a gentle rustle in the breeze that prevents the birds from coming to steal rice. It's about knowing the technique. You tie the bottom of the bag and that makes the noise louder and then it works. I thought of it myself. Nobody taught me. The farmer once used a whistle to scare birds away, but eventually it stopped bothering them. They don't fear it. They're only scared by people shouting. Some people use firecrackers to scare birds, but they're hard to light when it's windy or drizzling. So farmers invented this wind-breaking firecracker tunnel. Light the incense and put it in the tunnel. It has another function, which is the vibrations of the sound create a massive noise. As the rice ripens, farmers are frequently sparring with the little birds, using every tool at their disposal. Now even pink plastic bags have found a use and produced a festive destination for locals.